0: okay so we are ready to discuss plague number five plague number five what is the fifth plague do you know Omega? what oh my god that's the mercy in Latin what is the fifth plague in Latin that's a good question now the fifth plague in Hebrew is called dever, as we're going to discuss now that is the plague where all of the cattle of the animal of the Egyptians die pestilence or an epidemic It's actually translated in this chomish, an epidemic is a scary word nowadays. Pestilence is how it's normally translated, but it's where all the animals die. But let's talk about it. So on the 15th of Tishrei, God tells Moshe to come to Aaron and to to come to Pharaoh and to warn him and to say to him that this is what Hashem, the God of the Hebrews, has said. That if you refuse to send forth the Jewish people and you continue to keep them as slaves in the land of Egypt. And the hand of Hashem will be directed against your livestock in the field, against the horses, against the donkeys, the camels, the cattle, and the flock, with a very serious epidemic. Now here you see clearly that the plague will only happen to those animals that are out in the field. Meaning that if an animal is put inside the house or indoors, the animal would not die in the plague of dever in the plague of the pestilence, and therefore and they were warned in advance there was a seven day there was three weeks of warning actually and in fact um god gave a fixed time moshe gave pharaoh a mark on the wall and said this is the exact time when all of the cattle will die and when god will do this thing in the land so those that were already aware of how powerful the words of moshe Rabbeinu are those Egyptians that already understood that Moshe is acting on behalf of God, they brought their livestock inside their homes. And those livestock were protected and they lived and they survived the plague. But all the other Egyptians that didn't want to listen, and all the Pharaoh's livestock and cattle were left outside in the act of defiance. And guess what happened? Every single one of them died. This plague had no action to initiate the plague, meaning plague of blood, I don't have to hit the water, had to hit the dirt, etc. Here, there was no action done. There was a mark on the wall. And at exactly the moment that God had said all the cattle will die, kaboom. They all just, well, it wasn't a boom. It was just nothing. It was There's no sound effect because there was no sound that happened. It was just they died. And uh, Pharaoh investigated. And Pharaoh finds out that from all of the Egyptian cattle, everything that was in the field died. But of the livestock of the Israelites, not a single animal died. So of course that proves it wasn't a natural epidemic. Natural epidemics don't differentiate if you were in the bar before 10 o'clock p.m. or after the curfew after 10 p.m. Right? There's other things that differentiate, but we're not going to go there. We're going to refrain from getting a. But a, that's a natural epidemic. A godly epidemic will only get the Jewish, the, the the Egyptian cattle. So you find that only the Egyptian cattle died, not the the uh, not one single cow or sheep or goat that belongs to Jew died. You would think it would have an impact, but it did not have an impact. Nevertheless, by Paro, the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he still refused to send forth the people. So why did God bring uh, pestilence on the Egyptian people? What was the punishment to the Egyptians, that they deserved to have their animals die? Anyone? No thoughts. So the reason is because the Jews were forced by the Egyptians to to shepherd and to tend to the flock and to the cattle of the Egyptians. And therefore, all of those animals that the Jews had been forced to take care of for all these years, free labor, being the shepherds of the Egyptians, all those animals died, and now the Jews no longer were forced to work taking care of the animals because the animals were dead. Another reason, another punishment for the Egyptians, is because they took the Jews away. If you remember, the Jews used to have a lot of cattle of their own. When the Jews came to Egypt and they lived in Goshen, why did they live in Goshen? they had a lot of sheep right they wanted a place to pasture their cattle and what happened when they became slaves to pharaoh they were no longer allowed to work and take care of their own sheep and their own cattle because they were busy working in the pyramids in the fields. so because they are working for pharaoh what happened to their own cattle their own cattle was neglected and their own cattle died and therefore since their cattle died because they had been neglected by them being forced into slavery therefore now god killed the cattle of egypt and now that brings us to plague number six, which is the plague of the inflammation of the skin, the plague of, the plague of boils. Now, this plague of boils is very interesting, the way that it took place. How it happened is a very interesting procedure. What happened? God comes to Moshe and to Aaron, and he says to them, after they warned Pharaoh for three weeks about the plague, he says to them, take for yourselves two handfuls each, meaning Moshe took two handfuls, and Aaron took two handfuls of ashes, of soot, from an oven, from a hot oven. And then, even though it was ash right out of the oven, which could burn your hand, it didn't burn them. And then another miracle is that Moshe miraculously took hold of both of his two handfuls, and both of Aaron's two handfuls, in one of his fists. Now one fist cannot even hold one fistful, right? A fistful When you have two fists, it's hard to, especially if you're listening to a recording of this. But it's like, if you're holding a fist, two hands together holds a lot. When you have one hand, it slides off the two sides, right? How much ash can you hold in one hand? Not a full fistful because it's falls. When you're holding two hands together, you hold much more. So now you take two full hands, and now try and put that into one hand. Most of it will fall, right? Moshe put both of his two fistfuls into one hand, and the two of arms at his hand, miraculously it was all in his hand. And then God told Moshe to throw it up into the air in heavenward in front of the eyes of Pharaoh. So in order to throw something up, you need to have like a fist to throw it up. It takes energy. Normally ashes are light, they would fall down. And what happened? Standing in front of Pharaoh, he threw it up. And even though this very light and normally ashes would fall, they went up into the sky and then they miraculously spread and became dust over the entire land of Egypt. Like imagine, which is like, a, like a nuclear bomb going off on Hiroshima, right? And like, like it goes up and then it spreads out all over. So that's what happened here with the ashes. It went up into the air. And then even though one miracle is that it went up, another miracle that even though it only four handfuls, how much ashes could fit into four hash- handfuls, it spread out until the entire land of Egypt was covered with this dust that now began to float down into the air. And as it came down, then, even though by now, throwing it up in the air and landing another all that would come cold, it's not hot anymore. It became so hot that the moment that the skin touched a human being, it erupted into blisters on any single person or any single beast that was still alive throughout the land of Egypt. Not only did it erupt, another miracle is not only did it erupt on the spot of the body where the ash touched the skin, once it touched the skin, these boils erupted over the entire body. In addition, this ash had the ability to fall through the roofs. So even if it was indoors, it came in. So wherever people were, this ash just settled down. It came, it just continued to float in. And the moment that it hit people, it began to cause boils to erupt. These hot boils over their entire body. Now, um, this is very interesting. Why is this interesting? Because on one hand, it is an act of nature. It wasn't like just the plague, the pestilence, that they just died. On one hand, Moshe and Aaron did a miracle. They did magic. This is exactly what magic looks like. You take ashes, you throw it in the air, it comes down, right? It looks like a magic trick. Maybe there's some music there, abracadabra. It looks like music. It looks like music. It looks like magic. However, on the other hand, this plague had no way that naturally you could explain how all these things happened? how he's able to hold the hot ash in his hand, how he's able to hold four handfuls, how we could throw it upwards, how it could spread out over the entire land of Egypt, how it could uh, touch people all over, and once it would touch them, it would still be hot and cause boils to erupt not only on the part of the body where it touched, but on their entire body all over, etc., etc. And here, the magicians of Pharaoh are called before Pharaoh to try and replicate this quote-unquote, magical act. And when they try and replicate it, they cannot do it. And therefore, they are completely demoralized. It says that they were not able to stand. The magicians were not able to stand before Moshe because of the nature of this boils, of this inflammation, had attacked them as well. So simply, it means that they were in such pain they couldn't stand before Moshe. Pharaoh says... Magicians come do a trick, and they say well, we're not getting out of bed. We're calling in sick. We're you know we're off duty. We're, we're sick. But as the commentators explain, they tried to do this, and they realized that there was too many miracles involved in what looked natural to be able to say that this was natural, and therefore they were forced to admit something they had never admitted before. Why the plague of lice? If you remember, they admitted they said this is a finger of God, meaning as I mentioned then. They said this is the finger of God. We, we acknowledge that there's nature, and then there's beyond nature. And so here, God already went beyond what we could do. We don't have control over something smaller than the size of a barley. Here they were forced to recognize something much greater that this which looked natural, ash, fly throwing it in the air, spreading it out over the land of Egypt. That's how the magicians would do their magic. Uh, even this was the control of God and not and not their own. Uh, not separate from God. So this already, they weren't able to stand up from Moshe because now their entire premise of their magical powers have been totally popped and destroyed. You would think that by now, Pharaoh would be giving it to Moshe, right? Hear the magicians say, this is, this is totally God. We can't even, we don't have what to respond to Moshe. The heart of Pharaoh is hardened. He does not listen to them exactly as God has said would happen. What is the reason why God punished the Egyptians with boils? Any thoughts? So the Jewish people were forced to work. It's not too different than, the, than we already had the life. Here was worse. Jewish people got wounded in construction. You know, you're doing work and you get a cut and you get blisters when you're working with a hammer, right? You get blisters and boils and all that. And the Jews were not allowed to take care of their own wounds. So if you have a wound... You have to take time off to bandage it, to not touch. You know, if you have a blister, you have to let the hand heal before you start uh, using a shovel again, using a hammer again. And the Egyptians, when the Egyptians, when the Jews were suffering with their with their bruises and their wounds and their cuts and their blisters from the work, instead of allowing them to heal it and to bandage it, they made them work harder and put more like to increase the pain of the Jewish people to make their wounds hurt them more. And so now they suffer that own their own taste of their own medicine. They had these boils that were burning up their body, and they couldn't find any respite. When you have boils, I should have, I should have said, you can't find how to rest. When you're sick, you go to bed, you try and go to sleep. When you have boils in your body, it says that the Egyptians couldn't stand. Why couldn't they stand? They couldn't find the position that they were comfortable in. If you try and sit, this boil hurts. If you try and lie down, that boil hurts. If you try and move, this boil hurts. The pain was over their entire body, and for seven days that they had the boils. They could not find the spot that they were comfortable to, to even just sit down and just try and relax. And this is a direct punishment because they've done this to the Jews. But they did not allow the Jews to relax. And when they had wounds, they they you know deliberately made the Jews work harder to increase the pain of the wounds. Therefore, that's how they suffer. Another explanation is that the, the boils were boiling hot and they were very sensitive to touch. And one of the things that the Egyptians did to the Jewish people is that they would take them out in the middle of the night to go boil up water for them. And go uh, make cold water. If they take here's cold water and make hot water. And I need cold water, and because they made the Jews boil the water for them, until it was too hot for them to even touch, and they would burn the Jews with this water. Therefore, now they were given these boils that were so hot to touch, with the boiling pus inside that made them painful. In 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 measure for measure punishment of how they had made the Jews work with the boiling hot water.